0: Hello and welcome to the 12 Ronnies Podcast. My name is Jake Shaw and today I'm joined by Emma Davy of My Trauma Therapy. Emma, how are you?
1: Good morning. I'm very well, thank you.
0: So Emma, you've got quite an interesting and in some ways quite upsetting story that brought you to the point where you have set up the company and uh, you're helping with people who have been victims of narcissists.
1: That's correct, yes.
0: And uh, I'm sad to report that you yourself were a victim. Um, So could you just start from the beginning, really? Just tell me how things happened.
1: It all started five years ago when I met Prince Charming, which is a wolf in sheep's clothing, as they say. He was very romantic, very loving, very affectionate, mirrored everything that was me, so... I was basically falling in love with myself, technically. He had the same dreams as me. He had the same hobbies as me and I thought I'd found my soulmate. Over time, it started to diminish and the person I'd fallen in love with, I was seeing less and less to the point where I was starting to be very controlled, being very isolated by friends and family. But because of the most amazing love bombing stage that I'd already been through for the past three months, I was holding on to that person for so long, thinking, well, I saw him at the very beginning, so that person must be there. And my narcissistic ex suffered from alcohol abuse as well, so the abuse got even worse when he used to have a drink, and I used to convince myself that that was the problem if he stopped drinking then we'd live this amazing happily ever after that he promised me at the very beginning. Um, I did all I could. I got him into rehab and he did go sober for 15 months and I thought that was it. It was all going to be amazing but take the alcohol out of the equation and still he was displaying very narcissistic traits, still very controlling, still very manipulative, isolating me from my friends and family, a lot of gaslighting. Gaslighting is where the narcissist puts ideas in your head, tries to create a new you. So who you used to be isn't who you are anymore because they have such an influence over you that you start changing your friends, you start having an opinion on things that you didn't have an opinion on before, all to please the narcissist. It's very much walking around on eggshells and later found that I was probably being murdered very slowly because as time went on, my identity completely faded, my beliefs, my self-worth had completely gone and I was ready to give up. He had pushed me to the point of self-harm and on two occasions I did try to commit suicide, one of which was actually in front of him. I started to take the tablets and he said, do you want some more? And it really is just so heartbreaking because I wasn't that time I wasn't doing it because I wanted to end my own life. It was really just such a cry for help to say, look what you're doing to me, please can you just love me like you used to? And there was many times that I left him, but it became an addiction of mine. He did become my addiction. And that's what I later found out that I was suffering from love addiction, which is very similar to alcohol addiction and drug addiction. The highs are exactly the same and the lows are the same. You are craving their love so much that you are prepared to put yourself through so much abuse just to get that tiny bit of love and affection that they once gave you. And they know what they're doing. They gives it, They give it to you in dribs and drabs um, to keep you there, to keep you hooked. Like a drug dealer gives free drugs to... People, So they get hooked. And then that's when they have to start paying because they can't live without it. And that was very much me. I couldn't live without him. The thought of not having him in my life was too painful. I was prepared to put myself through so much abuse. And it wasn't physical. It was all, well, I say it wasn't physical. Towards the end, I used to get spitting in my face. And that was really to degrade me to the point where He got me to the point of feeling like I was nothing, that I was so worthless that that's that's how I should be treated. And the last time I left was I booked a ticket to Australia because I thought if I don't leave, I am going to end up dead. It was the only way out for me because I couldn't live with him and I couldn't live without him. So I knew I was going to go back. And So I went to the other side of the world knowing that I couldn't come back because I decided I wanted to help other victims like myself. I just found that there wasn't any information or any place for me to go that understood exactly what I was going through because a victim will say what they're going through and an outsider will say why are you putting yourself through this just leave but it it's not that simple because you're addicted to it it's impossible to just give up and just say I'm never going to have anything to do with them again because your brain is yearning for that addiction of contact with them again it doesn't matter whether it's nice or it's horrible as long as you have some kind of contact with them it is fulfilling your fix your addiction need and So I started studying counselling in Australia and become a qualified counsellor. I did a lot of narcissistic abuse classes out there to learn about narcissism and the effects it had. Because I think for you to enable to get over and recover from this abuse, you have to be knowledgeable in this and know the signs and to know what you are going through and to realise that you're not the problem they are, because they will constantly tell you that it's all your fault. If it wasn't for you, they wouldn't be like this. And you've done it every time you leave, it's your fault. You just get the guilt trip all the time. And you become so brainwashed that you think, well, maybe it is me. I just, it's me. Um, But it's not. And in order to be educated by this, that's that gives you the power then to become smarter than the narcissist. You know what they're doing. You recognise the behaviour and you know why they're behaving like it. You know why they're doing this at the particular time because when you do leave the narcissist, they will then change tactic of, oh, she's left me. I'm going to start hoovering them up again. Give her the false promises, the future faking again. And the brain automatically goes back to the love bombing stage of when they were so lovely. And that's what you stay stay hooked on. Um, But when you are educated in this, you then see what they're doing. And it actually becomes so laughable because it's then textbook narciss- narcissist. You see it from a mile away. Um and i didn't have that i didn't i didn't have i couldn't find any support group that I could speak to other victims that are, that was going through this, and I felt very very alone. Friends and family were just didn't understand they didn't understand why I was putting myself through all this torture um, and I wanted to speak to other people that were going through what I was going through because i didn't actually know what narcissism or a narcissistic personality was, um, I thought he was just a really horrible person, um, or I believed it was my fault. And then so I created my own support group on Facebook, which has grown quite considerably over the last couple of months. And when I graduated, I opened my trauma therapy And it's grown from there. I'm now helping other victims on a daily basis to recover from this type of abuse.
0: The first thing that strikes me is, is this classical abuse, is this similar to domestic abuse, this narcissism?
1: Narcissistic abuse is definitely a form of domestic violence. It's it's very similar to coercive behaviour very controlling, manipulative. It's it's a controlling abuse that you don't have to hit somebody or have to have some physical violence because it's just breaking the victim down so much that they want to end their life.
0: What are the signs to look for in a narcissist?
1: When you first meet someone they are very, very over the top, very lovely, charming, want to give you the world, very complimentary, too good to be true, in a way, where you think, wow, where's this person come from? They are just perfect. They are imperfect in every way. They're agreeing with everything that I, I want, I like, share the same interests, and a narcissist will work very quickly because Because this is all an act and it's a mask, they want to hook their victims very quickly because it's exhausting for the narcissist to be so nice all the time. So a red flag would be if someone is very affectionate, very over the top, um, wants to know the ins and outs of everything. They will ask so much personal questions to you because they want to know everything. So they keep it in their mind to use it against you in later lot in, in the relationship. And they want to move in very quickly. They want to meet your friends. They want to marry you. Like everything is so extreme with them. It, nothing's at a slow pace. It's very, very fast.
0: So these narcissistic behaviours, Emma, um, you know, from your own obviously horrible experience can you give me some examples of what they were like
1: yes i can describe the more uh, manipulative and controlling and possessive behavior so i was given a very lovely gift for my birthday which was a c-class mercedes and at the time, I thought, oh, that's amazing. Like, how lovely of him. But really, it was all calculated. And behind my back, he'd actually put a GPS tracker on it, which told him where I was, um, at any time, how fast I was going and, uh, what road I was down. It really was, um, like an invasive sort of privacy, um, but I, and I didn't know. It was all very uh, calculated and behind my back. Phone trackers I had on the phone, so he could see at any point where I was. It's like he needed full control of, at all times to know that when I wasn't with him, he knew exactly where I was. Every single holiday I had with him turned into a complete nightmare. Maldives Christmas Day. He was very abusive to me. He uh was very nasty to me in front of the other guests and he put his hands on me, he spat in my face. Manager's staff came over to me and said, Were you in room 635 um about half an hour ago? I said, No, I wasn't. He had had trashed the whole room, he had done so much damage and they removed me and they put me into a different villa. And this was my fiance. This wasn't just a crazy random person. This was a guy that was supposed to love me and that I was supposed to be marrying in a few months time. And in the end, he got arrested and removed from the island and he decided to go off to another island. So I spent Christmas Day on my own. And then I did end up going to the other island just before Christmas, no, New Year's Eve, and sobered him up because he was absolutely paralytic. And later on, I found out that he'd slept with someone on the island by emails to her when we returned back to England. So that was another stab in the back for me. When I moved into his house, he put cameras in every single room of the house. And at the time, I thought it was nothing because he lived in a big house, but he'd lived there eight years prior to me moving in and he hadn't had these cameras. But as soon as I moved in, he put all of them, them up and it was cameras which he could access from his phone at any point. So even when he was out and I was at home on my own, he could still look at me. He could still see what I was doing and just keeping an eye on me, which is so controlling.
0: So it's weird. It's kind of like he was recording you and tracking you to see if you were up to no good when in fact he was up to no good.
1: Uh, what I say to victims, if you want to know what a narcissist is up to, look at what they're accusing you of.
0: Where were your friends in this?
1: At the time, my friends were actually quite jealous. I mean, they there was a little bit of envy there, like, oh, wow, you're getting this kind of car, like your life's amazing. So there was a lot of jealousy there at the beginning. But then they started to notice my behavior and the way I then started to act around them. I was becoming a shadow of who I used to be. I used to be very confident. I became very much in a shell. I I went into my shell because I didn't want to go out with my friends for coffee. Or if I did, I was constantly looking at my phone, looking at the time, thinking, Am I going to be late? Oh, I can't be long because I need to be back. Um, Obviously, I knew he was tracking me all the time. So I wanted to make sure that he knew that I was, okay, I'm leaving now. Just He was in my thoughts the whole time because I was terrified of upsetting him. I was constantly walking around on eggshells. Then they started saying, you're not who you used to be. Why do you care if you're 15 minutes late? You know, you sure nothing's going on? And then I did start opening up a little bit to very close friends. And then they did start to see it themselves, where he would just turn up unannounced if I was having coffee with a friend. The outside world, he he looked like a very loving fiancé, where he would turn up and, you know, give me a big kiss and say how wonderful I was, but I could see in his eyes, he was thinking, why are you still here? Why why haven't you left yet? And then it would make me terrified. Like, I would then start having anxiety of, right, I've got to go now.
0: Um, did any of your friends try and step in and help you?
1: One of my friends, she was actually my cleaner at the time. And she saw so much behind closed doors. And she's now <coughs> a very good friend of mine. And she was witness to him spitting on me and, um, being very abusive to me where she would lit. she actually called my parents once because I'd taken an overdose and she'd found me. Um, but I was very, uh, selective of who I let in because I didn't want the outside world to know the actual trauma that I was going through because I was, I just wanted to portray this perfect life because I just wanted him to love me. And because he had had, so many affairs behind my back, I constantly felt like I was competing for his attention and his validation. So if I allowed the outside world to think that me and him were so close, we were so in love, other I thought other women would back off and leave him alone. I was so brainwashed at the time thinking that he was so in demand and all these women wanted him because that's what he led me to believe. He, he made me believe that I was so lucky to be with him and that he could have anybody and all of these other women um, wanted to be with him. So I wanted to portray that I was his number one.
0: There's there's a lot of kind of uh, messaging as we grow up in society about people being showered with gifts and things like posh cars and watches and foreign holidays are all marks of, of wealth and success. Do you think that makes it easier for narcissists to operate?
1: I think it does, because at the very first stage of love bombing, um, buying gifts, showering the victim with affection, it covers up the cracks. When I was getting so much abuse, I would always get such a extravagant gift after. Um, I was bought a £40,000 watch in Dubai, but I only got that because the night previous he put an iron to my face. So every gift I remember getting, it always was because he'd done something really bad.
0: One of the things that was, that was interesting, you were talking about how the narcissist, narcissist often does this, uh, being able to turn the blame onto other people. Um, can you give an example of how that would work?
1: Uh, when I went to Australia for a month to get away because I needed a break, in that month that I was away, he had managed to manipulate everybody at a gym that we went to together and portrayed that I was this awful person. That I was the narcissist and he played a massive pity party where it was poor me, poor me. Look what she's done. She's left me. She's taken this. She's taken my car. Um, And I turned up at the gym that day and it was a complete hate campaign against me. I mean, one of the gym instructors actually came up to me and called me the most hideous name and said that I wasn't welcome down here anymore. Um, And then as I was driving out of the complex, um, he tried to walk out in front of my car, but I swerved him because I didn't want to talk to him. He He was trying to manipulate me in front of so many people to talk to me, to scream at me. And I knew what he was going to say. And I wasn't I wasn't going to allow that. So I swerved round him. I later then got arrested for attempted ABH of trying to run him over. And I was put in a cell for four hours. And the police then went and looked at the CCTV, saw that I'd swerved round him. Um, and the police apologized for arresting me. And I didn't even get interviewed. And they gave me a lift home. But again, it was just all very calculated and he had manipulated other people around him to do his dirty work. And that in a narcissistic language is called um, "fly monkeys. Fly monkeys is when they manipulate others to put abuse on the victim and portray the actual narcissist as a saint and it's poor them.
0: There's been a, there was an article written quite recently in the Metro about this concept of woke fishing and kitten fishing and stuff like that. And it particularly relates to online dating and it's where uh, people are pretending to be one thing and they're in fact entirely the, the other. And I think with the woke fishing thing, it's people, you know, saying that they're, they're male feminists and, and what have you, just to sort of start to get a, a woman into a relationship. As you said, this happens on, with both sexes, but let's just use that example at the time. Surely, you know, if you've if you've got your wits about you, you'll be able to spot this anyway. Uh, but what makes it so difficult to spot in the first place?
1: It's quite hard to spot because narcissists generally go for very empathetic, vulnerable, and um, very nice people. So people that are very accepting. Empathetic people are a narcissist's dream because they can manipulate, they can show a pity party. A narcissist will always have a poor sob story that will trap the, um, uh, the empathist, is that the right word? (laughs) Empathist, um, to feel sorry for them. And, an empath will want to fix them and to help them and to love them and to make them feel better because that is what an empath wants to do. They, wants to, they want to see people happy. And when they have a narcissist that is so lovely in front of them, but I've got this sob story and normally their ex are, exes are very crazy um, which isn 't the truth, it generally means that the ex has been driven to being crazy because of what they, the abuse that they 've done um, that 's how a, a narcissist would hook its victim
0: um what does What does a narcissist get out of destroying somebody i mean it doesn 't really make much sense
1: a narcissist wants to destroy someone they get pleasure out of pulling someone down, seeing them break. Because they're very bored individuals as well. They are very empty. They don't really, on on the underlining, they don't really rate themselves very much. That's why they need constant validation. And that's why a lot of narcissists has many forms of narcissistic supply around them. It's very rare you'll find a narcissist that is faithful because they need constant constantly be told how wonderful they are because deep down they don't believe it and they need it they need this narcissistic supplier to carry on they don't really stay they don't stay faithful in relationships you'll you'll find well I find many people that have married a narcissist they've 99% all been unfaithful because they get bored they need one person isn't enough for them they get this really loving empath or really loving person at the beginning and break them down very slowly until they're just a shell of who they used to be. And that's boring to a narcissist. Once there's no fight in them anymore, they've won. There, There's nothing there for them to work with. So they need to move on to someone else. That's why narcissists can literally go from one relationship to another. And before you know it, they're saying, I love you, two or three weeks into their new relationship.
0: Is there a, a kind of cat and mouse thing sometimes with with narcissists, i.e. that they'll break someone down and then move on and then wait for them to build themselves up again and then come back? Does that happen?
1: It's very much ownership with them. And once they've discarded a victim and the victim leaves and then works on themselves and starts building them up, the narcissist will then really... Go- generally go back and open contact with that person just so they know for their own pleasure that they still have such a hold over this person. And they don't like to see people achieve. They want to see people destroyed and for them to know that they've had such a massive influence over this person's life where they can't live without them. And they're very jealous people as well. So if they start to see somebody... Like myself that has completely changed my life around and now is doing well I've learned from all my mistakes I'm very independent and um, have a lot of self-worth now it really does anger them because they think why didn't it work why why is this person so strong and they may keep on may keep on trying to come back and destroy it but they will just find someone else to work on if someone's too strong then they will give up in the end
0: but but it's but they won't stop in the sense that they can't suddenly see the error of their ways and stop behaving in that fashion what I'm asking is can a narcissist be cured of being a narcissist
1: no a narcissist can't be cured because it is a narcissistic personality disorder it's their makeup. It's who they are. They don't see that there's anything wrong with them. It's always someone else's fault. So having couples therapy with a narcissist is a complete waste of time.
0: Wow. So let's move on to the therapy that you have designed Um, because, uh, and I'm, I'm definitely not being flippant, but I don't really want to talk about the narcissist as such. I want to talk about the fact there is there is light at the end of the tunnel there is there is a sunrise that you are providing so my first question is how many people are you coming across and you're helping at the moment
1: Uh, I'm coming across hundreds actually Um, since I have been very vocal and very open on social media I've had quite a lot global global victims coming forward on my group and It got such a big, big um, support group where I was getting so many messages. And I thought, because I went to so many AA meetings with my my ex, I recognised that speaking within a group helped so many people to stay in recovery because they felt like they had a safe place. So I incorporated that technique into my own... Um way and I started to do a group zoom call every week where members globally can come on speak about their story talk to other victims and share their experiences realize that they're not the only one that's going through this it is very common in this type of relationship and it got people talking friendships have been made you know people from different countries they've really connected because they a lot of victims don't tell friends or family because they portray that they're living in this amazing relationship when they're not they're just dying inside but they don't want to talk to anybody that knows them personally and in order to speak It helps because when you say it out loud, it becomes real. When you don't speak, it's just in your mind and it's very easy to suppress all your feelings and emotions where you speak in a group and you've got support, you've got empathy, you've got understanding, you've got no judgment whatsoever and you start seeing people come out of their shell every week and then from that, a lot of clients have then come to me and had personal one-to-one therapy where we work on their individual needs so we look at why they are in this relationship and why they're allowing this abuse to take place and that's where they then have to start working on themselves and clients that have left the relationship now have to work on building up their identity again and realized that everything that they'd gone through was a complete lie and that's really hard for the victim at the beginning to realize that their whole relationship was just a complete lie because it's very real to the victim but to the narcissist it's all fake
0: so what what counts as a win then emma if you've you've dealt with somebody a victim of this and you've you've gone through your process with them what what's what's a winning outcome for you and for them obviously
1: to recognize who they are to be happy within themselves to love themselves to have healthy boundaries in place to be very knowledgeable on this type of abuse so they don't then jump into another relationship with a narcissist because that's very common because you're so used to that love and abuse that you associate that love you associate that abuse with love. So because it's so normal to a victim, they will want that same relationship, but the outcome is going to be the same. So we work on ensuring that they don't get, get involved in that relationship again, learning the red flags and learning self-worth.
0: So... um they're not so so they're not they 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 can't really continue a relationship with this person once they've recognised this, is that correct? No,
1: that correct? they can't. No, but then I deal with a lot of clients that have children with narcissists, and that's very hard as well because they do have to be in contact with them on a regular basis, and that's where we'll work on being grey rock, as we call it in the narcissist language, and that means where you're totally emotionless to that narcissist because narcissist lives and breathes on emotions it doesn't they don't care whether you're being nice sending them lovely long messages declaring your undying love and you'll always be there or you're being really nasty telling them exactly how you think attention is attention to a narcissist and they thrive off it if you cut contact or give any emotion is called starving the narcissist. And that's when a narcissist will feel like they're losing control. But in order to survive yourself, you have to go emotionless, because otherwise, they'll just keep feeding off you and you'll be so drained from it.
0: Yeah, it does have that kind of feel that it's a you know they are just drawing energy out of out of people you know we've we've I work a lot with entrepreneurs and small businesses and you know one of the big problems is all the people saying to innovators for instance uh, that that'll never work or you know we can start next week but next week never comes and and you know the the, the emotional drag of that sort of thing um so an interesting question would be I guess um you've been through this yourself you're now making positive actions to help other people um what's your life like now do you, do you feel that you've still got uh scars and injury as it were from that experience or, or do you believe you've totally moved on and started a new life
1: I've definitely started a new life obviously I've got scars on my body from where I self-harmed But I look at them daily and just think how far I've come. And I use them to strive every day. And I've got a lot of self-worth now, a lot of self-love, very independent. And it has changed my whole mindset. I have very healthy boundaries with everybody, friends, partners. Um, I have recently got into a new relationship, which was uh, not on the cards, I, it happened completely out of the blue because up until a few weeks ago, I didn't want another relationship, it scared me. And it's very hard for a victim of narcissistic abuse to go into what you class as a normal relationship because you're constantly thinking, are you gonna start telling me what to do? Are you gonna tell me I can't speak to this person? Or oh, have I got to ring you constantly? Am I checking my phone? making sure that I'm not doing anything wrong it's like you're just waiting to be told off in a way but you're not receiving it and that's a really bizarre feeling for a, a victim that's come out of that abuse. It will get better because this is the new this is a stage that I haven't entered in before within my recovery um, but it's definitely feeling a lot easier and to feel like you can breathe without breaking a, an eggshell is so lovely. Um,
0: that's great news because I remember when we first were talking, you said that the likelihoods of you having a relationship were fairly slim. So uh, that shows two things, one that things change, and the other one that's been quite a while since I first spoke to you, <laughs> at least a month. Um, uh, you know, sort of bringing us to an end, because we, we've been talking about half an hour, um, the, the, I guess the most important thing is is how do people find you and how, what, what are the steps that they need to do? I mean, we've spoken about looking um, at what are the signs to look for. Um, how do people find you and, and when, when should they come and find you?
1: I always say to people, how much abuse are you prepared to put yourself through before you say enough is enough? How many tears are you gonna shed before you say, I can't take any more? How many events are you going to be humiliated at? How many sleepless nights do you, do you want to put yourself through before you think, I'm worth more than this? Just stop, it's not going to get any better. A life with a narcissist is like a very slow murder. It will kill you in the end. Um, and that's why I say get into recovery as soon as possible. You can find me at www.mytraumatherapy.co.uk on the web and you'll be able to contact me directly there. I, hold, I have a Facebook support group which is Victims of Narcissistic Abuse Support Group which you can also join. It's a members only so it is private And I'm quite selective of who I do allow on it as
0: well. Well, it's fantastic that you are uh, continuing to heal and uh, have a a more positive and active life and more importantly that you're helping people. Um, If you need uh, the kind of help uh, that Emma is offering and if you are uh, suffering from uh, uh, narcissistic abuse, Um, then I urge you to get in touch with Emma and as she has said you can find her at www.mytraumatherapy.co.uk and all I can say now Emma is thank you so much for your time and uh, lovely to talk to you.